Welcome to Facing Vert, both on trails and in life. I'm your host, Tara Jordan, and today I have with me Brandon Thrower. Say hello. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Good. Um, so I just learned that I've been saying the name of his business um, wrong. So it's Tanawa Adventures. And I would always say Tanawa. So, and, and you just told me what is it? What does that mean? So it's the it's the Cherokee name for um, Grandfather Mountain. I think it means like soaring bird or something like that. Um, so if you notice in our logo, there's like in the far corner, there's a little oh, there's a little bird. Little bird. Yeah. yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah that that mountain is pretty special to me. So it's kind of and it's where we have one of our races as well. And right. So just. I've always loved that name um, uh, or that word, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, let's see if we can incorporate this. I don't know if it really makes sense, but it does. But, I mean, and there's a there's a trail that's yeah, yes, called that. Yeah. So that's I think that's appropriate. And we just visited my family and I for the first time, and I grew up here. Um, t- we went to Grandfather Mountain. And um, let's see, what was the trail called? Grandfather Trail, the one that's mm-hmm. right near the bridge. Yep. And it was probably one of the most exciting hikes I've ever it been is. on. I mean, yeah. the ladders, I've never yeah. been on ladders before. <laughs> um, I mean, I thought the Crest Trail was crazy, but just I'm scared of heights. And so yeah. there's ladders literally on the side of a massive cliff. And here I have my kids <laughs> climbing up these ladders, and I'm just breathing through it. I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to the top. I'm not gonna look down, and and then you're just standing on a cliff face, and so mm-hmm. I'm hugging the rocks as I'm going around. So anyway, <laughs> I, I loved Grandfather Mountain. I thought it was yeah absolutely gorgeous and crazy trails. Yeah, so. that that trail in particular, Grandfather Trail, like is, uh. It's just so cool. Like you're saying, like the ladders and situation. The first time I ever went on it, <clears throat> I got a late start and all this stuff. Um, I didn't start running until I was like uh, out of high school, a couple of years into college. And uh, I really started just to stay in shape for hiking because I got into backpacking during that time. And I remember going on a just a hiking trip up to grandfather thinking it was going to be fun, you know, <laughs> training trip. And then like I hit all those ladders and. I was scared of heights at the time. I would still say I am, but I'm a lot more uh, comfortable now in those situations. But I was like, what shaking. is this? <laughs> shaking on the ladders, <laughs> hoping they like, wouldn't come off. <laughs> uh, I was by myself too. I was like hiking this hike by myself, and it was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die up here all alone. <laughs> I actually and, went back and looked. How many people have? died on the ladder but i couldn't find any information <laughs> thank the lord no <laughs> i don't I, think i mean they're i'm sure there's someone but i don't think they've had a ton it of just deaths is, out there that which is surprising me. it yeah, is yeah so you like you said you didn't get into running until after high school mm-hmm. and but now you put on all these races including many ultra races in the yeah. area and so how how did that happen you said you're trying to get in shape after school? well yeah so um I'd never been to the mountains. Oh, where you period. from? I, I grew up in Greensboro, or well, a little town south of Greensboro called Randleman. Um, but I'd never been to the mountains. Our whole family was like a coastal family. We had, we had family that lived at the coast, um, and I would spend my summers. My mom was a teacher. I would spend my summers with my cousins down at the coast. So I mean, no mountains. For, yeah, no mountains at all. Never visited. No skiing. No nothing. Um, 
we were we were beach bums, and um, <clears throat> around you know college time, high school graduation, all that time, like like everyone does, like the people that you were close to. I was really close to my cousin who lived down there, but you know. We had to get jobs. We had to go to school, right. you know, different schools. We got in relationships. And um, <clears throat> so hanging out with him was just never a thing anymore, even when I went down there to visit with family because he was busy doing something else. And so the beach really lost its appeal to me because of that. And uh, so I went to the mountains <clears throat> for the first time with my ex-girlfriend at the time, um, or my girlfriend at the time. And— uh, that was like the first time when we went up to the Boone area. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I've been missing this my whole life. Right. And um, and uh, so, yeah, it just kind of started this obsession. Like, I want to hike the Appalachian Trail, like all this stuff. And um, so I just started training in the local hills. So I grew up, where I grew up is about 10 minutes from the northern end of the Uari Mountains. Mm-hmm. So I could be um, at the Uari Trail in like 10 minutes. <clears throat> and uh, so I would go hike there. I would go hike little trails around the watershed trails in Greensboro. We'd go to Pilot Mountain, Hanging Rock, all that t- to train and stuff. And for, you were training for the Appalachian for Trail? For a backpacking trip okay, that back- was going to do in the, in the summer. So we were going to go on like a 45-mile backpacking trip on wow. the AT. Um, and so I was just doing all these hikes, <clears throat> doing that. And, uh, you know, then I was starting to get in shape a little bit more, started working out. My relationship had ended. So I was trying to, you know, get myself fit again for the, <laughs> the next person. For the ladies. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> and I was really hating running on the road, mm-hmm. really hated it. And uh, a friend of mine, he was like, well, uh, you know, cross-country running, you're running on trails. And I was like, I never thought about running on trails. Uh-huh. So I was like, all right. So I went to the local cross-country trail uh, in Greensboro, and uh, that was like my first trail run. And I loved it. Like, I was dying because I was like <laughs> so out of shape. And there was steep hills, you know, that weren't, you know, nicely graded. And Not smooth. <laughs> the fo- footing was different. You know, but but I loved it because I loved hiking at that time. I really grown to love hiking and never really thought about running on the trails. And uh, so that kind of started everything. And then I think, you know, as every trail runner, beginning trail runner finds, they find someone who el- who also runs trails. Right. And they inevitably say, have you ran an ultra? <laughs> <laughs> it eventually gets there. <laughs> right. It's like no matter what you do, like, you, you know, you – I'm just running 5Ks. I like running 5Ks on trails. You meet someone, they're like, oh, you should, if you can run a 5K, you can run a 50K, you know. So, (laughs) uh, of course, I just fell into that trap um, and uh, started training for a marathon. And uh, was that a trail marathon? It was, yeah. It was my first first race. Um, First marathon was a trail race. It was the Triple Lakes Trail Race in Greensboro on the watershed trails, which is a Absolutely great trail system. I still love that trail system. It's like 50 miles, and it's all along the banks of uh, the watershed lakes that they have. They don't have like a huge lake. They have like this conglomerate of lakes 
for their water supply up there. Um, and so the buffer around those are all protected. Oh, like nice. 500 feet buffer. So there's trails just all through So 50, 50 miles of yeah, trails. Yeah, 50 miles. So, I've, never, I've never been on those. Um, yeah, they're great, great trails. Uh, a little bit of the MST runs through there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so that was that was the first first How'd that race. One go? <clears throat> it went good. Um, I definitely hit a wall for sure, <laughs> and uh, uh, I remember begging. Uh, was, I didn't carry a water bottle, and uh, you did. You didn't yeah, carry didn't, water. Okay. Didn't carry any water. It was a well aided. That's good thing. But I remember uh, I was on this last six mile stretch, which is probably the hardest trail out there. Um, and I was like three miles from the finish and I started walking. I was dying. I was just like, oh my gosh. And then this guy came past me and he had a water bottle in his hand. I was like, dude, <laughs> do you have any water? And he was like, he was like, I've got a little bit of Gatorade left in this. And I was like, all right. And I mean, we're talking like this much. <laughs> so t- tiny, tiny, tiny amount. Um, for those listening, we're talking like two ounces <laughs> and, um, yeah, I took that sip and it so like saved me. Yeah, he he gave it to me. He saved he saved saved me and uh, I uh, I finished the race. Felt pretty good about it. Um, and uh, didn't quite get my goal, but like it was, it was whatever. But you I, did like it. I had a secondary goal and I sure. beat my secondary goal. So um, so yeah, I was pretty happy about it. Um, and it's funny that that same guy who gave me that bottle ran one of my races like four years ago and i knew i was like you knew him yeah, yeah i was like i was like i know you probably don't remember me but you <laughs> but you saved my you life, saved my life. <laughs> with two ounces so, of gatorade for, with two ounces of gatorade that's all i needed but um yeah it was great so that, that that started the the bug and then of course you know i'm celebrating after afterwards and i'm like i'm gonna run the uri 40 mm. i was like that's what i'm gonna do next so this is immediately after Imme- you were just motivated yeah, within so that race was in october and the uri 40 is in uh, february but registration always opens like november 1st mm-hmm. or something like that so i was like all right i'm gonna do this i'm gonna run this so that's that was my first ultra and uh so tell me about that uh, it was pretty good. I mean, I went to I went into it, you know, with the goal of running under eight hours, and uh, I felt that that was pretty pretty attainable. Um, and the course got changed; it poured down rain um, the whole time, so that was kind of miserable. But you know, I the whole time, the whole time, oh. yeah. And uh, so. I was a little miserable, but, you know, I went in there. I was like, I'm going to be able to do this. Like, just, you're not worried about placing or anything. Just, just getting get it, it done. done. So, got it done and got it done under eight hours. So, I was pretty pretty happy about that. So, what's um, the terrain like for that one? It is very difficult. It's, um, it's everything's punchy. It's all punchy climbs. Um, what, you know, we would call some people who, run with me we call those pud hills right. you know pointless up and downs um but it, it's like seven thousand seventy five hundred feet of gain and 40 miles yeah that's and it's in the piedmont i mean that's surprising the climbs are like it's just a bunch of 
200 to 400 foot climbs back It'll to back. Just wear to you back. down. Yeah, and it's just a, it's just a razor blade. I mean, or you know, sawtooth. Uh, right. The whole time, um, and it's an out and back course, so you're hitting everything that you did. It's pretty miserable, honestly. Um, <laughs> and it's raining, and it's probably and, is and, it cold because you said it's in February. Yeah, I mean it's it's not like snow or anything, I but know, yeah, but rain it's, and, it's it's probably you know in the for, mid forties. So, oh my yeah. gosh, because rain's okay in the yeah. summer. Oh yeah, <laughs> but rain yeah. is not okay in the winter. Yeah, running in it. For eight hours, okay. Yeah, it but was. You, but it, you did it. It was, yeah, it was great. And uh, I got done with it. And I was like, I want to sign up again. I, <laughs> I need to, you know, improve my time. And uh, but between running it the first time and running it the second time was like th- when things really changed for me in the running world. Um, I met a local legend uh, to Asheville. Um, called Adam, or his name's Adam Hill. Mm-hmm. I'm sure people know him, Pitchell fame. And uh, so if you've never met Adam Hill, he's just like this um, this ball of positive energy. And he's just so stoked on running and all things running and all things trails. And, like, it's infectious. You can't, like, not hang out with him and not come away with like wanting to do something epic. Um, and so he he kind of really, him and there was some other people in that, there used to be a this trail running group called um, WNC Trail Runners, which was kind of based on this wiki page. And uh, so they put on a bunch of fat-ass events. And uh, So explain which, what that means. Uh, so, so, so fat-ass is like a, a fun run. Um, it's basically an unsanctioned, Race, it's not really a race. It's right. really a group run. Uh, people getting together. Yeah, people to getting together. So mm-hmm. it's like, hey, we've got this really cool route. Here's the route. We may mark like one turn on the day. <laughs> like, you you know, that's tricky. But for the most part, you need to just know where you're where going. You go. yeah. um, so, you know, you don't get a ton of people to show up because it's kind of self-supported. Um, but it's just a... You know, you'd get like 10, 15 to 20 people to show up and uh, see, you know, ran with new people, experienced um, awesome locations that you couldn't have races on because a lot of times we'd run in, you know, areas that just, uh, it would just be impractical impractical to have a race there um, due to, you know, a bunch of logistics stuff or permitting things. Um, And so it was it was great. We ran beautiful places. <clears throat> you know, we did a lot of runs on the AT, um, which you can't have a race on. And uh, so it was just a really good experience. And that's kind of how my whole Tonawa happened. So I ran <clears throat> one of the Adams fat ass and him and Matt Kirk um, told me, since I was in Boone at school at App State, they were like, you should put on a fun nice. run up in your area. Mm-hmm. Like, you got any ideas? And I was like, well, let's run the Tonawa Trail. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you um, go. <clears throat> so, yeah, we put on, I guess this was 2020, not, no, tw- not 2020, 2010. And, um, and this one was not, you know. Yeah, this is unsanctioned. Not, not signed up yet. Yeah, okay. I mean. We had 15 people show up and run. And the first year, it I, I, 
in the first year, we didn't even have 15 people. First year, we had four people because a snowstorm hit because we were putting it on in January. Oh, gosh. And, um, in Boone. <laughs> in Boone, yeah. So a snowstorm hit, and um, it was, like, crazy. So we ended up running through, like, 10 inches of powder for about – six miles and everybody just like let's just get on the parkway and run back to the car <laughs> how long was the run supposed to be it was supposed to be a 50k a 50k yeah so it was supposed to be out and back on tanawa and out and back on the scout trail up to the summit of callaway peak and uh but you know that was kind of the start of that we did have it in 2011 and uh we got to do the full route and uh it was great i mean so that was like my first foray into um, trail directing, race directing mm-hmm. or anything, even though it was simply just like I created this route, put it on a website, hey, show up. Right. And, um, you know, with that wiki group, I started putting on a, a bunch of more fun runs, um, fat-ass runs to kind of fill out the schedule. The schedule was like more or less one a month, uh or wasn't one a month, but I filled it out to where it became kind of one, one a, a month. So I ended up putting on like three or four uh, different fat-ass runs uh, during that time frame. So, And this made a lot of sense to me. I was in college. I was broke. I couldn't afford race entry fees. And, you know, <laughs> so I was able to, you know, kind of get a competitive juice out, you know, running these things sort of supported because you might drop, you know, like – jug of water somewhere along the parkway or something like that. Now, would most people stay together on these, or they were trying to do it as fast as they could? It would. Or would that vary? It would typically vary. There would be people like Adam mm-hmm. who would, like, I'm going to go PR this route, you know. Um, and then there'd be a few people that would join him on that, really, really, you know, the studs in the group. And there'd be people like me who would be like, yeah, I want to run this as hard as I can, but I'm going to run with someone. And then, if, uh, you know, at a certain point they're falling off, you know, I might just keep going, you know, mm-hmm. you know, cause they'll fall back and someone else will catch up to them, you know? So it's kind of the same as like, if you were racing kind of in the back of the pack and you're or not back of the pack, but mid pack, mm-hmm. If you're at a race, this really becomes like a social type thing, even though you're also trying to PR, you're still like talking with people right. um, who are there and you're like teaming up with someone until, you know, they tire out and you keep going or you tire out and you back Especially out. Especially in ultras yeah. because, yeah. you know, you you are walking a lot and, yeah. and <laughs> you, yeah. you can talk to people because you have a long ways to go. Exactly. Exactly. And you're not pushing yourself to the very brink, right. you know? So, um, yeah, it was great. Um, great experience. Uh, I love those things. Uh, wish, wish those were still around, but, um, life changes, people move, you get married, you have kids. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so after college, what, where did you go? So I uh, went to school to be a teacher. Um, and so after college, I got a job uh, in Lincoln County, which is uh, just it's about 30 minutes outside of Charlotte, northwest of Charlotte. And uh, so I started teaching there. Uh, what did te- you teach? Elementary PE. So, oh, elementary PE. Yeah. Okay. So that I sounds was, fun. 
I was a PE teacher um, for for a while, and uh, in 2013, I was still doing all it. We were still doing the wiki runs during this time. Uh, I think the wiki runs kind of tailed off around 2014, mm-hmm. 2015 uh, time frame. Um, that's when Matt moved to Florida. Uh, Muhammad got too busy with work and, and you know, uh, just other life, life. changes <laughs> were happening right. um, with the kind of core people who were putting on those those fat-ass events. But um, so, yeah, it was— I was still teaching, and in 2013, uh, Mark Roston, uh, local runner to the Morganton area, uh, reached out and asked me to help him redesign his Table Rock Ultras course. So for those people who don't know, uh, Table Rock Ultras started, I think, in 2010, and it was a 50K and a 50-mile, and it was all gravel. The only trail was um, the summit trail from the parking lot up to the summit of Table Rock. So the amount of trail in that race was only like a mile and a half or not even. Yeah, a mile and a half. I think that's about right. Uh, And the rest was gravel or pavement. And so Mark had reached out to me in 2013. He's like, hey, I know that you create all these routes on these wiki routes. You're always creating different things. It seems like you're running everywhere. Uh, I had a blog at the time, so I would, you know, document where I was going, and I was trying to hit new trails every time I would go go out and run. So I just kind of, I guess, gained like a reputation of knowing the area really well. Mm-hmm. So he uh, reached out to me and asked if I'd help him redesign the course. And uh, so I looked around and redesigned the Table Rock course to which we have the same Table Rock course that we have now. Um, we had a 50-miler at the time. Um, so I created a 50-miler and a 50K, and uh, we put that, you know, I was like, here you go. I mean, it was really nothing like, oh, I'm just doing this for a friend type thing. And then as I showed him the route, he was like, do you want to help me put it on? I was like, sure. Um, <laughs> I was like, coming from free wiki stuff and doing, I was like, but I was like, can I get paid? <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> Since, you know, um, money's exchanging hands. And right. uh, he was like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was like, yeah, sure. I was like, I'm a teacher. Don't have, not making that much money. <laughs> so having a little extra yeah, is going to be great. Yeah. Having a little extra income was great. So, um, so yeah, I started helping him do that. And then, Two years later, he said, it's yours. And Tanawa Adventures basically started from from that. Ah. So, um, you know, we had, obviously, Table Rock was a huge, the new route was a huge success. And uh, it grew over those those first two years. And, uh, yeah, so, and it, it, I guess it was kind of scary to, for me, too, to, like, put on something official because I was like, I have to get permits and I have to get insurance and I have to get all this stuff where, you know, a fun run is just like, hey, show up here at this time and go run. You right, know? you don't have to worry about any of that. And uh, so, but that experience went pretty well, you know, first two years went good. And um, so uh, I started thinking about, well, there's a lot of other places in Western North Carolina that there aren't any races 
And at the time, the only two trail races that I knew of in Western North Carolina was the Challenge and mm. Solly. That was it. There was of ultra distance. There was right. a couple shorter. What was the shorter challenge? Races. I don't. The Mount Mitchell Challenge. Oh, the Mount Mitchell Challenge. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, um, yeah, that was that was it. And the Mount Mitchell Challenge. I mean, great historic event, but it, you know, it's an out and back on right. a, a toll road. It's not the most exciting uh, course. Um, so I was just like, there's so many cool trails out here. Like, we've got like. Maybe I'll, I'll create something else. And uh, South Mountain State Park was kind of like my local training ground because I lived in I lived in Hickory um, during this time, and uh, I worked in Lincolnton. So the South Mountains were kind of in between where I'd work. So I'd stop there after work and get some training. And the trails there were amazing. Like so much trail, hardly ever saw anybody out there. Great waterfalls. Great vistas. Um, you know, they're not the biggest mountains in the world, but or in the area. Yeah, but I was like, this is a great place to host a race. Um, so, uh, so that was the next yeah, one. Yeah, that was the next one. And that's, I guess, that's technically when Tanawa started because then I had two events. Right. And so I was like, oh, I guess I need to create a company that encapsulates these two events. And, uh, so that that's where it started, and then I and that that just, was what distance the South Mountain. So it was a marathon and a half marathon. It started off there, so South Mountains marathons, um, and uh, and it, you know it was received super well. We had good turnout <clears throat> for the event. Um, I think we had well, we were only allowed 150 people that first year, and I think we sold out 150 people. So. That's awesome. um, <clears throat> I was like, well, this is great. And, you know, the demand for that race kind of continued to grow over the years. Now we have to separate in two days because we still can only have 150 a day. So we have the half on one day, and we've added a 50K um, since. And so we have a 50K and a marathon on one day and a half on the other. Um, but, yeah, so it's, yeah. So so that's two that you were that putting on. Yeah. And you, I mean, you have many more. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I know at some point, um, so after South Mountain, what was the next one that you started? So the next one was the Fauna Flora 50K Fauna and a half. So I had these two really hard races or moderately hard races. Um, and I was like, I need something a little bit more be- beginner friendly. And again, another, another place I was running, um, was Lake James State Park. Mm-hmm. It has all these great flow trails um, and very easy. So, like, on my easy days, I would go out there and run. And I was like, why is there not a race here? I mean, I think there was a shorter race at the time, like a 10K. Um, but I was like, there could be an ultra there here. There could ultra. be a half, you know. So um, I started with the half marathon only. Um, and... Uh, so we hosted that, I think, in 2017. And around the same time that I put in the permit for that um, is when I thought that maybe it could be possible to have a race on Grandfather Mountain. And that's when Grandfather came about. So I remember sending the email uh, to 
to the uh, the superintendent at, at Grandfather Mountain. And I was like, this might be a possibility. I have a good working relationship with the South Mountains Rangers, you know, and I've got a starting a relationship with these, uh, the Fauna Floor, mm-hmm. or the Lake James crew. It's like, so I've got a little bit of, you know. You had references. References, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I have some references. So I was like, I reached out, sent my proposal, and uh, and they got back to me, and they said, this sounds interesting. Let's have a meeting. We're, we'll entertain the idea. And I was like, yes. yes. <laughs> so yeah, Were you we, nervous going into that meeting? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I was like, like if there's one place that was going to deny me that could possibly have a race, but, you know, good. And I was like, this is going to be the place because it's, it's you know, extremely popular right. uh, mountain. It's probably the most well-known mountain in North Carolina, probably even more so than Mount Mitchell. Um so I was just like, you know, I was like, how? when can we have the race where there's not going to be a bunch of hikers on the mountain? So right. I'd like propose like November and, uh, you know, the the state park ranger was basically, uh, or the superintendent, she was like, we're too worried about trail conditions at that time to host an event in November. Um, but our slowest weekend in our the regular season is the third weekend in August. And I was like, well, that sounds amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I wonder and, why that's their slowest. And this is when school starts back. Oh, that makes so sense. So nobody's, there's the only people that are it there are locals. Mm. So The Highland Games are over. The, yeah. The, <laughs> All of that. Summer time. vacations are right. over. Everyone's moved back down to Florida for school. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's just, you know, it's their calmest weekend. Uh, of the year so there was like why don't you host it then and I was like this is great okay so yeah and this was the same time that you're trying to do the Fonteflora race yeah, yeah. or putting so, that together yeah so I think the first year of Grandfather's 2017 it's starting to blur it might have been 20, I'm sure it is no it definitely was 2017 um, but Flora at that time was in the spring it was in March so I'd put in the permit for Fauna before I'd put the permit in for for grandfather uh, or grandfather. And uh, so, yeah, that's. And grandfather is a 25K? It's roughly a 25K. It's really just a little bit longer than a half marathon. It's close. It's like 14 ish. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird. Like, my GPS will tell me when I'm running that I ran like 14 and a half miles. I'll measure it on Strava, and it'll say it's like 13.7 or something. Well, it's, you know? it's never the same. It just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I was just like, it's roughly a 25K. And how much do you climb during that one? Uh, 42 or 4,400 mm-hmm. feet in, in what, that amount. So, so it's a lot of climbing. Which does that, does that one go on? I have not done that race. So so you, it's the course is the lollipop uh, loop, and the lollipop is not huge, so it's it's – Almost an out and back. Um, so you run up Profile Trail up to the summit to get on Grandfather Trail. You take a left, get on the summit, and then you run the down. The summit of? Of Grandfather, the, the, the highest point of Grandfather, which is gotcha. Callaway which Peak. which is Callaway. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then once you're at Callaway Peak, you drop down the backside all the way down to the parkway on um, 
the Daniel Boone Scout Trail. Mm-hmm. And about halfway down that is where you get the loop portion of the race. Um, so you continue down Scout, and then you get on t- a short section of Tanawa Trail. You get on New Wadi Trail, and then you get on Craigway Trail, and then that joins back up about halfway up Scout Trail. And then it's just return back to to the, the start finish area. And, and I'm assuming it, it's extremely technical. Like, it is. Is is it anything like the Grandfather Trail? That oh, just, absolutely. Yes. Okay. Yes. There, it's <laughs> are there not, ladders and things like that? There are ladders. There's nothing that as quite as sketchy Scary. as some of the ladders okay. on Grandfather Trail. There's, mm-hmm. I mean, there. if you're not used to it, it'll be sketchy. Absolutely. I mean, there's a couple 20-foot ladder sections. Um, but there's not like a 40-foot ladder on a side of a cliff with exposure, right. <laughs> you know, it's like you're still in the woods. You're just kind of assisted up this rock. So, and then there's a bunch of shorter, like five foot ladders, five, 10 foot ladders here and there. Um, so I it's probably extremely slow. Yes. Race. It's a slow race. It's, I always think that you need to find out what your marathon time is and add 10 to 15 minutes of that, and that's what your time going to be. For the 14. For, for the 14. So, um, and and sometimes it, if you're a little bit more fit, it could be like kind of equal to mm-hmm. your marathon time. I'm sure that people are shocked sometimes when they come to that race. And oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the ter- Never expect to be out there that long. The terrain there is, besides the first and last mile, the trail is the most technical trail mm-hmm. I can think of. I think the crest is 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 up there mm-hmm. for sure. Um, it's very similar in the crest in that way, but it's a little bit wider. Um, it's not as tight. I feel like the crest gets really tight, especially during the summer with like grass and everything. Right. Um, so it's not it's it's wider because there's more traffic on it on a regular basis. But every step is roots. Mm-hmm. Every step is rock. Every there's boulders all through it. Um, Which makes it really hard yeah. to run. I mean, yeah. to get a rhythm. To oh, there, yeah. there is no rhythm. <laughs> yeah, I was marking the course, uh, you know, just a couple weeks ago, um, and uh, the guy I was marking the course with, um, he was like, "Yeah, it's like a, he's like, it's like doing a ladder drill, like, but mm-hmm. for fourteen miles, right?" And like, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, it, <laughs> it is like because you're just." You're constantly like doing this. There's mm-hmm. no, there's no like normal stride on that race. You're constantly chopping your t- steps, looking, you know, trying to find the. All right, do I step in this dirt here? Do I step on this root? Do I step on this rock? Right. Just like you're mentally just constantly on. Um, there, there is no mental break. Uh, running, running that mountain. Um, Really, the mental break is hiking up the hill because right. it's like, at least I'm going somewhat slow. Um, Do you think that um, out of all of your races mm-hmm. right now, do you think that's the most technical race? Uh, yeah, I would say so. I'd, I would say there's parts of other races that might have more technical in that short little burst but right. like overall overall like, for yeah, the whole overall race. that is the most technical by far because it's just it's just constant almost the entire time like mm-hmm. i said minus the first couple mile or first mile and last mile um which were just recently built so they're smooth and they, more readable. yeah yeah <laughs> right um 
then, yeah, like, so it's, it's 12 miles of just choppiness the whole time. Um, and it's got a lot of climb and a lot of rock. Is there a cutoff time for that one? Yeah, six hours. Six hours. Yeah. Okay. So. So you got grandfather mm-hmm. and it got approved. Yeah. And how was that first year for that? Were you nervous about all the people out there on those trails? I, I was, but so it's funny because the the state park there was really concerned. So we have more medical personnel on that one race than we have on any other race. Really? Like we okay. like they and it's really helpful too. They have a in in Avery County, they have a rescue squad that's very active and very proactive and wants to be involved and has very, you know, active members, fit members um, that want to do stuff like that. So they they think of it as a training. I mean, they were ex- they're excited about it every year, um, which is which is that's awesome. Great for you, yeah, yeah it's, it's great. So they were they were more than happy to be involved, and so every year we've had like eight to ten. Uh, first responder, EMS, wilderness people stationed on the mountain, across the mountain, uh, ready to, you know, respond to anything crazy. Luckily, we have not had any major injuries um, that required them to, like, carry anybody out. We've had a few walkouts where, you know, some people have gotten, uh, you know, twisted twisted knee, twisted ankle or something that they could walk out on their own pressure, but just maybe needed someone there beside them the whole time. Um, so, um, so yeah, no, no crazy casualties um, <laughs> in, in that race, but you know, it's, it is, it does give me peace of mind that I have so much personnel Definitely. there. You know, it, it's, it's almost one of the easier races to put on because of that, mm-hmm. uh, because there's so much support from the park and so much right. support from, uh, from the medical team. Um and it's just impractical to have that amount of support during an ultra, though, because there's just so many miles. Yeah, spread you, out. You can't station people all over all over the place. It's really it comes down to you know like here's the plan, we send that to the medical people. Here's the route. These are the best quickest options to get to people from these locations um and, and probably none are really that quick <laughs> well yeah none of them are, are that that quick and then usually like standby locations it's right. because you know because of my routes being so um expansive and and large I, I don't do very condensed runs mm-hmm. in like one location so most of the times those medical people are fine just to stay in there at their home base, you know, where they're always at waiting for a call because they're going to be able to respond just as quick from mm-hmm. there as if they were hanging out at the finish line. <clears throat> so um, so thank you to the medical staff. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> the, the first responders that help you. I mean, and you've also got many volunteers that come out for these yeah, races. Uh, yeah, I have a great, great crew of volunteers. I definitely have like a core crew of volunteers mm-hmm. that – um, that pretty much show up for every race, and I cannot thank them enough. <laughs> Without them, it, you know, it would be difficult to <clears throat> continue to do this. And you know, right. it's really nice to have someone in your back pocket that you can count on. Right. Uh, and uh, so that that core core crew of guys uh, and girls are just um, you know indispensable for sure. Um, 
Do you have anyone, you know, especially in this stage, you've got now that's what four different ultras that or races that you've got going on yeah. once you uh, started Grand Brother. Mm-hmm. Did you bring on anybody to to help you at all, or is it just you? It, it was just me. What I usually do is I'll I'll hire one of those core members as kind of like a, a co race director, mm-hmm. and uh, so they're they're kind of that person but it's really the only thing they're doing is really race week stuff um helping organize stuff on race week Mm -hmm. um and during the pandemic i kind of even tailed that off a little bit so like on races where i didn't think i would need you know that assistance the whole time um i'll uh i'll just kind of do it myself um Okay. Mostly, but I wasn't sure. If you had I, I use, but I usually have a huge team of volunteers mm-hmm. on 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 race day, and you know, so I take care of all the communications and all and all that stuff. So, okay. so um, I know at some point you helped come up with the course, or I mean, maybe you came up with the whole course for Hellbender. Yeah. I wasn't sure about that. Did you mm-hmm. come up with the entire course for that? Yeah. Okay. So that was. <clears throat> So I was still, you know, when the whole Hellbender thing came out, I was still like a baby. I would consider myself a baby race director. <laughs> like I was like, yeah, I can do these 50Ks and stuff. But the big the big ones, that's going to take a lot more than just me. And it's absolutely true. And <clears throat> I was like, I'm a little scared to put something on like that myself, you know, at this point in time. And this is when this is starting to percolates around 2016 right and um but you know <clears throat> i wanted to be involved <clears throat> and aaron saft and his crew um you know we're starting the nc mountain trail runners uh group and this is right around the de- this is right around when the wiki group was just falling to the mm-hmm. wayside too so it was like all right well let me Here's come in here group. yeah <laughs> right. we'll come in here and then you know they said one of their goals was to to host a hundred miler, uh, in, in Western North Carolina, cause there wasn't one. And that's, you know, partially the reason I started all the races I had because there wasn't there a wasn't, ton yeah, of races right. in Western North Carolina. And I was like, why are there, why are we having to go to Virginia and run David Horton's races all the time? Why, why can't we just have our races here? <laughs> you know? Um, so nothing against David Horton's races. His races are great. Um, but there was just not a ton of variety. Right. Um, but anyway, I wanted to be I wanted to be involved with that, and so um, you know, I, I reached out to Aaron and said, "Hey, I would love to be involved with this. I've, I think I've got an idea. I'd have been sitting on this hundred mile route for a few years. Really? Yeah. Um, I'd actually presented that route to Sean Blanton at one time, mm-hmm. and uh, Sean Blanton was probably in his baby phase of race directing at the time too, and he didn't want anything to do with hundred milers either. Um, it's so, an intimidating distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. You know, it's, it's just like it's so much more. Right. <laughs> it's it's multi day. Right. It's it's overnight. Remote. It's, it's right. overnight. There's a ton of logistical things, and uh, for people who who know the type of races I put on, like remoteness is a part of it like okay. that's kind of the appeal um so you know i come up with these courses that are i feel uh in my heart that they're i feel that they're they're natural with the the way of the land they're going to different places they're showing off what what everything what's there yeah. is there 
without becoming too contrived and out backy and right. multi-looped and stuff. Um, that's just not my jam. I want to create kind of a cohesive route. And uh, so I came up with that route. We had two routes that we were presented that we all kind of, the whole kind of hellbender committee that started in 2016, uh, which included Aaron, Clay Warner, uh, Bart, Smith and myself. Mm-hmm. I think that was like the core crew. And uh, we sat down at uh, Malt Disneyland, and uh, <laughs> which is Sierra Nevada for people who don't, <laughs> who don't know. Um, and, you know, I think me and Clay Malt both had. Malt Disneyland. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Clay and I both presented a, a course. Um, Clay had a course that was a great course that was kind of uh, more in the uh, Pisca, so we're talking Brevard area, but it was more in the, like, North Mills River right. okay. area. And uh, it, it was great. And then I had the course that I had, which was um, in the Old Fort area. And because uh, I knew about Camp Greer uh, at that point in time, 2016, I'd, I'd helped them run a kid's summer camp uh running trail running summer camp so i was like this is a great place to hit i mean it's got all these cabins all this lodging it butts up right up to the forest um we could run right out of the back of camp and be on the trail or on this service road and we can be on this you know on this trail so we've got a great start finish spot um and we we're going to like these iconic peaks. Like Mount Mitchell. Yeah, we're going up the Mount Mitchell, <laughs> you know, yeah. and like getting, you know, the crest trail. It's like, like if we're going to make a, a race in Western North Carolina, like let's show what Western North Carolina really is. You know, this is like, and uh, what I really, I was really obsessed with hard rock at this time as well. And uh, what I really admired about hard rock was it was a continuous loop, but it was, you know, Big climb, mm-hmm. big descent, big climb, big descent. And that isn't really a thing you get in the East Coast at all. Right. And, like, the way this course was laying out when I was creating it, I was getting big climbs, big descents. And I was like, oh, this kind of feels like hard yes. rock. And I was like, so this is this is so cool. So I presented it to them, um, and there was definitely some logistical issues. Like, we had to cross the parkway, mm. which is, like, is that even a possibility, you know, because we knew it all the like the drama that um, that the challenge has had over the years crossing the parkway. You know, a lot of times they won't let them cross because. Oh, okay. So we were like a little concerned about that. So uh, that was like, well, what do we do there? You know, well, just gotta ask and see. What happens. <laughs> um, and then uh, I think the other logistical thing that we were uh, concerned about was the trails there. So. For those who uh, haven't run in that area for a long time, which I would venture to say is 99.9% of the people uh, running, uh, those trails around Old Fort had really grown up and were basically on the decommission list. So Newberry Creek and Snook's Nose Trail, uh, Mackey Mountain, Ledmond Gap, all those trails were – like the only people going out there were people who were like sort of interested in bushwhacking, but sort of being on a trail because that's what it was. It was. I didn't realize it was that many. Yeah, trails. The, the first time I went on Snook's Nose, uh, 
I was literally like just the the vegetation was was so thick. I mean, they were each side was touching. Wow. And it was parts where you're just like, where is the trail? Like, <laughs> and you can just see this faint little line because, mm. you know, five people hiked it a year right. or whatever. <laughs> and so I was like, there's these really cool trails, but they're going to need a lot of help. And uh, Victor Mariano jumped in on onto that committee, and he's, he's just like a, amazing. a go-getter. <laughs> and uh, so him and Aaron started checking out these trails, you know, because they had never – Nobody had done these trails. Clay hadn't done them. You know, they'd done, of course, they'd done the Crest Trail on Mitchell. So how did you but, know about these trails? Uh, so Exploring or? Yeah, I'm just, like, my goal early in running was, like, I'm going to run every trail on the map. So if wow. it's on the map, I'm going to go check it out. I'm going to go run it. And uh, so I remember doing Snook's Nose and getting up to the actual Snook's Nose. And I'm like, this is beautiful. This right. is so awesome. Why is nobody running this? Why is or hiking this, you this know, is straight and, up. <laughs> um, I didn't care about the straight. <laughs> That's probably yeah. why some people don't. Yeah, like it. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Um, but uh, so yeah, I was just like, man, this trail is so awesome. And then I I used Newberry Creek to kind of come back down, which has now kind of become a classic oh, loop yes. where people will run up Snooks and then down hit the Newberry. tower and then mm-hmm. come down Newberry, and that's and um, it that trail was. So it was even worse than Snook's Nose. And um, there was massive trees down it. There was one section where there was this huge tree, 150-foot tree that was literally fell along the trails. It was literally in the trail bed for this whole length. So you would jump up on the tree and run down the tree, hop off. And then there was another one that was just like it again on the trail and hop on that one and run down it. So it was like navigation was an issue. There was just, it was <laughs> overgrown. I was like, it's like we we're going to have to do a lot of work to make this happen, but this these trails make this happen. And, uh, you know, Victor and, and Aaron, to their credit, were, you know, they went out there, they saw the potential, and uh, they started, you know, efforts to start clearing them up. And uh, it was great because, like, I have a really good relationship with the Forest Service now. And uh, talking with their recreation manager, um, she was like, yeah, both those trails were on the list to be de- decommissioned and never return again until the else race picked it up. So we, you know, through that process, we were able to save two trails. That's amazing. And they're and amazing they're, trails. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they, they are simply amazing trails. It was, <laughs> right. it was ridiculous. So um, it's awesome to see them get used now. Yes. It's, it's, it's kind of weird when I go to, to Snooks now. I used to go there, and there was no one there. And... Uh, there's always someone there now. You, you see people there yeah, all the time. I mean, always. I've been there, and and people have pulled into the parking lot from many different places. I've had it happen to me a couple of times. Of, mm-hmm. We we came here to to do where Snook Snows, and so just hearing about it. So yeah. I had no idea that it was almost decommissioned yeah. before the race. Yeah, we really the race really saved that trail absolutely, and uh, so that's one of one of the prouder things that I'm proud about because sure. I went out there and, and helped clear some of those trails too. Uh, a lot of people, I mean, Victor and Aaron definitely took the the cake on ha- 
putting in the most hours, but there was a bunch of people mm-hmm. from the NCEMTR group that were joining. Um, you know, I know that there was, I know Blanton showed up a couple times and, and helped clear some of Snooks. Um, so, we, I mean, we had a, you know, a bunch of people who were invested in opening up this awesome trail, which is, which was great. And what was really good too, also around that time, the NC High Peaks Association kind of started and they started taking care of all the trails on the Mitchell side uh, or the Parkway side. So it just opened up Mitchell. everything. So like all these different trails were kind of getting reopened that were kind of like, yeah, they were known, um, but they weren't getting a ton of use and definitely not getting a ton of maintenance. So yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just. How long did that take? Do you think to to get it ready for? It took us Hellbender a long time. I know we submitted the permits that first year. Because first year was 2018, so I know we submitted the permit about a year in advance. Um, so it had been 2017, spring of 2017, and uh, yeah, I think. And then you started clearing, so started, it was like yeah, permit, as soon as we got a, approved, okay. we started uh, doing maintenance on the trail, opening up the corridor again. And uh, so your role was okay. Here's here's the course. Let's get it cleaned up. But I'm I'm not going to be you know. Obviously, Aaron took on the race directing. Yeah, Aaron took on the race directing. Mm-hmm. The way that race kind of really was going, and you know, I presented basically what I presented to everybody. It's like this race is bigger than any of us. <laughs> it's not going to be one person. Like we're going to have to have people in these different roles. And, you know, this is where we need to be. And um, so uh, Aaron decided he would take on the race director role. And uh, Victor decided he would take on the trail. Trail maintenance. Trail <laughs> maintenance role. Uh, Clay Warner took on the uh, volunteer mm-hmm. coordinator role, and Bart Smith took on the the permitting role, and I took on the like. I think at the time I put, I was going to be the co race director um, was kind of what I was going to be, and uh, and then I was starting another business at that time, a marketing business. So I was like, well, uh, can I make a video for the race? <laughs> and um, they were like, yeah, you do that. So I decided that was your role. To, that's what I, I did. But then, long story short, I wasn't happy with what I produced, and that never happened. Never huh. saw the light of day, even though I, I filmed. So I, I am sitting on a bunch of footage um, that I'm just not happy with. And and that was like when I was starting doing the whole video thing, and so I just really didn't really know what I was doing. Right. And uh, so, but yeah. So then the next year, I, I kind of came in uh, in 2019. I kind of came in just like being involved, helping wherever I can. Um, situation, you know, course designer helping, you know, make decisions on courses. Right, because I know things. I had to change, obviously. Yeah, some things. so there was this weird issue. Um, I think because Camp Greer was closed to the public, Um uh, that we weren't allowed to leave out the back of camp onto, which is Jerry Creek Road. So we had to reroute the route that first couple of years to go down uh, the main drag, Mill Creek Road, to get over to the trails. Um, 
And so we didn't want people to finish the last five miles on the road either. So we had a different finish over at uh, the Sioux camp uh, in graphite and uh, which was at the bottom of heartbreak. And to get the mileage that we needed, we had to use lead mine gap. We had to throw a loop in there uh, to get it to a hundred miles because of that change of getting off Jarrett Creek road. And so uh, I think that's kind of those first two years kind of what happened uh, there. And then... Well, and then getting off the crest trail too at certain times. Yeah, yeah. Like, All of that. Yeah, there's, <laughs> there's, there's so a lot logistics. of different like logistic things right. and concerns that go into it. But, but now I think the original route, the original route is what was ran the past two years. Oh, great. Okay. Yeah. So, so that, that was, was the, like... Always the plan. Yeah. So um, Camp Greer worked with the Forest Service... Um, they created this trail on their property that they would allow public access to. Right. And because they allowed this public access to this trail uh, on their property, they were able to uh, get the designation that we could leave out the back of camp. And so that was amazing. Such awesome. a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, now the, the course has been uh, the past two years and uh, this upcoming year should be the same. So. And it's very nice to start and finish in the same location. Yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Wonderful. Um, yeah. So now you're going to be taking on more of a race director role at Hellbender? Is yes. That, is that what's yes. Happen? So um, last year um, they brought me in kind of to help consult. They had a lot of moving parts, right. changes uh, there and stepping down. Um, so I, I came in uh, just kind of like in a consulting role and – uh, helped them host it last year, and then this year, you know, they asked me if I wanted to be co-race director with Carrie, and I was like, "Yeah, absolutely, awesome." <laughs> so, um, so yeah, me and Carrie are gonna knock it out of the park again this yes. year, and the whole crew. We had a great crew last year. They did. Uh, they really, mm-hmm. they really stepped up to the game. Yes. Um, you know, Matt and and Kendall and Tori, uh, Craig, all those guys, like really really did a great job and uh i'm super proud to be a part of that team again this year uh and i guess a little bit more of a upfront role i guess but right yeah so if you don't so sign up for hellbender basically if you're looking for 100 (laughs) that's super awesome (laughs) Um, i've obviously talked about hellbender a lot on on this but it is such an amazing and beautiful race and one podcast that I listened to before I did it was the one that you did with Aaron. And when you talked about the whole entire course and all the peaks and what you get to see. And um, I loved that. I think I listened to it about four times just so I, (laughs) because I didn't really know at that point I hadn't run all those trails. And so this was before, I think it was before 2020 when it got canceled. I think we Um, did that podcast. Or was that after? No, we did that podcast in 2022. 2022. Okay. So, so that was, I can't remember which year I was obsessed with it because I was signed up for Hellbender for 2020, obviously got canceled. And then, oh yeah, then you did that podcast. And so just listening to that and kind of hearing your, all the ins and outs of each trail, it was very helpful. So thank you. And then of course I did get out on the course as much as I could um, for the, for that for that race. And that was super helpful. But if you don't know the course, you're not from here, you can't get on those trails. That's a great podcast. I, I think it's still out there. Um, it's very long. It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a rambler. If you haven't already <laughs> figured this out already, but uh, it is super helpful yeah. 
to, to know the course though. And yeah. some of the peaks you were talking about and what you get to see, I'm like, yeah, I probably won't get to see that. I'll probably be in the dark, <laughs> but, <laughs> but that's okay. You get, you still got to see some beautiful views. Um, there's so many views. Um, well, you know, spots I think, that you pop out. I think the backpackers, they get, they get the true heartbreak yes. experience. That's true. The front runners both times are running heartbreak in the dark. Mm hmm. So they're not seeing any of the stuff off of Heartbreak, which is a bunch of overlooks off of Heartbreak that are gorgeous. Um, so. I love the the which they took it out this year. Um, the lane uh, Pinnacle is it not yeah is it Pinnacle. Just Pinnacle. Yeah, um, I love the views from that, there, but it was that's, that's my favorite view, and I'm still mad that we can't can't do take it. it over. <laughs> well, it, it my year it was foggy and um, yeah. you couldn't see a thing, but I it took my family out there and and mm-hmm. did that hike and it's it's just such a gorgeous. It's it's um, so gorgeous. Yeah. Hike. And and an easy hike to get up there for just a you could do a short yeah, loop on that short, one. Yeah. Um but so okay, well th- I'm so glad that you're helping with Hellbender. Uh, I've talked to several of the people involved in it and how helpful you were this past year and how much you were needed to for that <laughs> consulting ro- role. Yeah. So um, I'm glad that you're going to be teaming up with Carrie for that one. Yeah. So obviously Hellbender's happening, and then you've got these other races that you've developed. Yeah. Um, so what else do you have in terms of races? I did the Looking Glass 50-miler the yeah. second year. Mm-hmm. Um, so... And again, an area that didn't really have no races, a race, <laughs> no races, and so many beautiful <laughs> yeah, trails. Exactly. And I thought the first year I was a spectator and and helped out mm-hmm. um, with Sarah. Well, there were several people that running at Tom that I just was out there to yeah. cheer, and it poured the rain yeah, so and it was it's awful, awful. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> so i was very glad i didn't do it that year but i did do it the second year and it was even a course i think it reversed um some parts reversed yeah that first year taught us a lot about that course right and uh um i still have nightmares about that first year you do yeah <laughs> so miserable <laughs> well um, i mean the weather was not ideal, yeah obviously the weather wasn't great we had we had uh a runner get lost and get hypothermic so we oh, had no. yeah so we had like this whole rescue operation going on um so it was definitely like the closest i'd come to killing a guy <laughs> for one of my races <laughs> <laughs> Well, so I was just like, yeah, so it was just like, oh. So what happened? Uh, I mean, so, just, you know, it was raining the whole time. It was probably hovering, temperatures probably hovering between 45 and 50 degrees the whole day. Because it was day. in, was it in December? It was November. No, I think it was December, December that first that year. year. Yeah, I think it was like December 1st So, of or course, rain like in the cold is not ideal. And, uh, yeah, so it wasn't ideal. Um, he left the second to last aid station, so he only had 10 miles to go. Oh, God. And uh, so, which is, but it was coming down the art lobe, which mm-hmm. is like probably the hardest part of that race. Um, and, you know, it's like mile 40. So he's been running the rain all day. Uh, tired. Tired. <laughs> uh, cold. Um, and, I mean, we had a required gear requirement for that race, you know. Um, but I think he... This is just a theory. I don't know it for for certain, but you know, when you get tired and you start becoming hypothermic and or and hypoglycemic or whatever, like your brain stops functioning as well. And I think um, what happened, and because where we found him makes no sense, hmm. like how he could have got there, 
makes no sense because there's no trails that go to this place. So he had had to have gotten off trail, like into the woods. And just picking through trees. And yeah, so I think what happened, because I was so confused how he got to this spot. I didn't even know this road existed that they found him on uh, when they found his location because he had a cell phone and he was able to call 911. Um, and, uh, but uh, when I was marking it the second year, I was like, I've got to find the spot where he, he got lost. And because uh, there's only one trail here, I mean, there's there's no place to get lost. And there's a campsite in this one little section, just like you know, a campsite off the side of the trail, right off the art lobe, mm-hmm. right off the art lobe. And it had a nice sitting log on it, and it the sitting log is kind of like right there. And the campsite's kind of in a little. I think I know where you're talking little, about. Little, it's kind of. Shaded away from the trail, there's just like one little entrance to this campsite. So my theory is that he sat down on this log. He was tired. He sat down on this log, confused. He's starting to, you know, he's running 40 miles or whatever. He's cold, not thinking straight. Stands up, looks out. There's a bathroom trail at this campsite, Uh out the back of the campsite. If you're on the trail... Like, if you're on the trail and you looked over there, you would never see it. see it. You would right. never see it. You would just see the campsite. So I think that he stood up, saw that bathroom trail, and started walking down that bathroom trail. And that bathroom trail connects to this old Forest Service road. Ah, that does make sense. Yeah. And uh, so, so did you even know someone was out there lost? or Yeah, so. Was this way after he, everybody had come through? So he had a cell phone, so he you know started calling me and calling his girlfriend like I haven't seen a flag in a while and uh you know we confidence mark every quarter mile we don't do a ton of confidence markers um we do plenty i think we do more than enough but um so he was just like i haven't seen anything in a while and i was like well it's been raining it's you know stumping down i was like I talked to him. I was like, are you on a trail? And he's, yeah. he said, yeah, I'm on a trail. I was like, do you see a white blaze? Which is like the right. blaze. And he's like, yeah, I think I saw one not too long ago. I said, well, it sounds like you're on the art lobe. Just keep walking down the art lobe and you should, should hit, get there. hit the next aid station and you should be fine. And so we waited till that aid station closed and he hadn't showed up. And that's when we sent the rescue out for him. Um, but when they got to him, yeah, it was dark, mm. uh, and his body temperature was like 84 degrees. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so it was like low. Yeah, so that was— But they found him? They he's found okay. him. He's okay. <laughs> Spent a night in the hospital, oh, uh, but he's fine. But, yeah, I was—so still have nightmares about <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> That's not going to happen to you if you're on looking glass. <laughs> So, it was, so I did it the yeah. next year, and it was. <laughs> you did it the next year. No one got better. lost the next year. It was awesome. The rain. There was no rain. No, it we was. We moved it up to, into November. You know, I think the weekend before Thanksgiving, which is what we're doing this this coming year for the race, and everything went off great. We changed the route so we weren't, you know, finishing on Art Lobe, which was kind of, mm-hmm. I think, another part of it. We kind of finished where it was a little bit more gravel. Right. Uh, uh, towards the end. 
It was my first 50 miler. Yeah. So it was, I thought it was great. And so, so now that is turning into no, the looking glass 100K. Yes, turn into 100K. So, so what was, why, why did you want to extend that? So, um, the funny thing about looking glass is the looking glass 50 was not my first idea for a 50 miler. My first idea for a 50 miler was the Mount Mitchell Heartbreaker. And which happened this past year. Which happened right? this past year. And the reason I didn't have the Mount Mitchell Heartbreaker in 2018 is because I couldn't leave out of the back of Camp Greer. It was the same issue with the Hellbender was having with that. And I was like, I can't do this course running that five mile stretch of road. Like, I'm not going to do that. Um, it makes sense for a longer race. I was like, I don't want to do that. Um, so I pivoted, and I was like, well, there's nothing out in Pisco. Let me create this 50-mile in Pisco. That'll be awesome, too. Um, so that's how the that Looking Glass 50 became the Looking Glass 50. And um, but so obviously 2022 20, rolls around. Hellbender is able to use the trail out the back of camp. I was like, Heartbreaker. heartbreaker is on. Yes. So I submit the permit for the Heartbreaker. The Heartbreaker is there. And by this time, too, we hadn't had Looking Glass. Um, the first reason, there was two reasons that we hadn't had Looking Glass. First was COVID. Um, second was there was a, I think even, it, I think this is the same year, 2020, but it was like in the fall. Um, the, uh, they had like a hurricane come through and put a bunch of rain and like blew out a bunch of the roads in oh, that area. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, I think uh, Forest for Service 475 going up to Gloucester Gap from the fish hatchery still closed. And that was like our main artery mm-hmm. for like rescue stuff. Oh, okay. And uh, so I was like, with the you know experience of needing rescue at this race before, I was like, I may, we need to make sure we have that in place. Um, so that's why we didn't have the looking glass uh, there for a couple of years. And then when the heartbreaker came, I was like, well, now I've got a 50 miler. Your 50. Uh, I've got the 50 miler. This is the 50 miler I originally wanted. Um, and uh, then I was like, what am I going to do with looking glass? And I was having a lot of people reaching out to me like, when are you going to put on looking glass again? <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, I don't have 100K. Let me turn this into 100K. And, you know, like if I'm going to turn it into 100K, let me swing for the fences and see if I can get this amazing route mm-hmm. done. I've built a relationship with the parkway over the years. I've built a relationship with a good relationship with the Forest Service. I was like, maybe, just maybe, there's a possibility that, you know, I can use the MST over here and I can also get on the balds on our load. So, you know, typed up my email, sent it off to the, the permitting people. And it's like, would this be an issue? And they looked at the plan. They're like, oh, it looks good. Wow. So, yeah. And so now it, it goes through so, Black Balsam, yeah. right? Yeah. So it is a complete... 100% complete loop. One huh. big 50-mile loop. There's only one little out and back that we had to put in um, for 
for an aid station location mm-hmm. that we wanted to have crew. So it's just to get to the aid yeah, station. Yeah, just to get to the aid station. Um, but it's very short. I think it's like a quarter mile uh, there and a quarter mile back. So like half mile out and back, and that's like mile 40-ish or something like that. Um, so, yeah, I, was, I created this loop, and I was like, this is the goal loop to do. You know, I have a bunch of like alternate routes, too, that I'm sitting on. Um in case it didn't go through and I had to do something else, right. which would have still been equally pretty and beautiful. Um, but, yeah. And this race is happening? November 18th. Okay. Are you full yet for that race? or are you? We're not full. I think we're at, like, I think we have, like, 40 spots left right okay. now. So if you're looking for a, an absolutely gorgeous 100K. Yeah. It's going to be – there. there are no races that I know of on the East Coast – that go, quote unquote, above tree line, <laughs> even though it's not above tree line, it's right. it's just a bald. But um, that's the closest that's thing my that we've got. Favorite spot. Yeah. I mean, and uh, you know, Black Balsam and Tennant Mountain are just absolutely gorgeous. Yes. And uh, you know, we're super lucky to go over there and and cross those during the race. So now, and, do you have to worry about because um, some of those trails? on black balsam you know really get down into this very narrow Ditchy, uh, yeah. area do you do you have to do anything with that or do you even worry about that i mean they'll be so spread out at that point yeah there uh there won't be anything that we'll do that you per say okay. you know there's there's definitely some maintenance stuff that um that we would like to see done on that trail um mm-hmm. and i think that's one thing that we're going to do so um one of the things that we do with our company is that uh, we always donate back to whatever trail systems that we're using. So whoever's taking care of that area is what we try to give a proceed of our donations to. And so hopefully, you know, with this race, um, you know, we're probably going to be donating to uh, the Piscan Conservancy, Mm -hmm. which does a lot of trail maintenance work in, in that area. And uh, so hopefully we can try to get that earmark to to build some steps or something like that into that area so it's not just because the way it's now the way it is now it's not a very sustainable trail in certain parts through there um, on the areas that you're talking about. So ditchy is a good way to yeah put it. <laughs> yeah they're they're basically ditches you're running in ditches yeah. that have you know roots exposed and uh, lots of tripping hat like you know. Not to sound like it's like oh man up and just run the trail. It's it's more it's <laughs> it's an erosion issue. It's a sustainability right. issue. It's a safety issue. Um, right. um, so yeah, hopefully we'll be able to to steer some funds into to helping kind of fix that right a little bit. So what other races? I'm trying to think of what other races that we haven't talked about that you do put on. What- so the heartbreaker, the heartbreaker, um, so which that, is a, that's kind of on a, the hellbender. Yes, it, it goes. Yes, so on all those trails, yeah. all those trails. But so right around the time when we were, uh, when I created Hellbender, I created the fifty miler as well in my mind, and I was like, all right, this would be a great fifty miler. It was a little bit different, actually. It wasn't exactly the same route um, as uh, it is now. Um, it kind of dipped into Montreat a little bit, mm. um, but at the time I couldn't get permissions for it um, for Montreat, and so uh, you know I just kind of scrapped that idea. 
um, and then, you know, transition into this 50 mile idea that was basically all on the hellbender course. I think there's one other, I think there's one trail that we use in that, that hellbender doesn't use. Is that in March? It's in March, yeah, okay. late March. So, I mean, that's, that's a really good, especially if you're yeah. wanting to, to see the course to mm-hmm. come out and do for even a training run. Yeah. Um, yeah. For hellbender. And that's kind of how I, that's one of the reasons I created it. Oh, um, okay. I, I was, I was thinking, I was like, all right, there's a lot of people coming out here running Hellbender, have no idea what they're getting into. <laughs> right. um, you know, this this race will allow them to see, get a taste of mm-hmm. what they're going to experience uh, for Hellbender. And, uh, you know, also it's just an awesome route. So. Right. Is it just a 50-miler? Or is there's it a, a 50, 55K 55K. Well. I thought yeah. there was another one in, in And, and in both of those are complete loops, too. That's another... I love loop courses, mm-hmm. and like single loop courses. So it's just one big loop on both of them. You get um, to see different things yeah. everywhere you go. Yeah, the yeah, only out and back nice. on that is like the first two miles and last, or first mile and last mile, mm-hmm. getting in and out of Camp Greer. Um, so, you know, we had a great turnout this first year. Um, really excited about it. Uh, really excited to announce the date for, for 2024, which is coming very very soon so yeah when will that announcement be <laughs> uh that announcement will be next week i think next week yeah oh, okay. so yeah coming up soon yeah so um, have we missed any other ones that you put on so seven sisters oh yeah seven, seven sisters, sisters um which is i would i like to call it the like the baby brother baby sister to uh to grandfather it's um it's very similar in climb uh, but the train's a little bit easier than Grand Further. Even though the train's still hard, but there's a lot more easier And that one's terrain. how far? That's uh, the same. It's like 14 and a half. Okay. It's kind of in that 25K range. Um, and that's that That one's fun because that one actually started as a wiki run. That was one of the old wiki runs. Um, and uh, That's kind of nice to see it come to fruition yeah, as it, an actual race. You know, I didn't create it. It was it was one hundred percent an Adam Hill ah, creation. creation. Mm-hmm. So I asked Adam. I was like, "Hey, would you be cool if we turn this into an actual race? I think I might be able to get Montreal on board." Um, and he, he, so he gave me his blessing, and so we've been putting that on since twenty eighteen. Yeah. I think was the first year. So I had a huge expansion in twenty eighteen. Um, 2018 is when Looking Glass started as well. So I added two, I had those four core races um, in 2016, and 2017, and then in 2018, um, uh, my relationship with Camp Greer had continued, mm-hmm. and uh, they offered to uh, bring me under their umbrella, my company under their umbrella. Oh. So we are technically a nonprofit. Uh, our race company is. And so that allowed us to get send more money out to donate to donate because we weren't getting taxed on that. Um, so we were able to, you know, come under their umbrella. So Tanawa is under the umbrella of Camp Greer G five. That whole I did not group. know that. And uh, so when that started, that allowed me to go full time. I was able to quit teaching. Okay. Um, so 2018 was when I started our race directing full time. So. To be able to do that, I needed to expand. Mm-hmm. So I added two more events, Looking Glass and Seven Sisters. And uh, 
And then in 2022, you know, we had thoughts of expansion of different events uh, before 2020, and then 2020 happened, and you know, yeah, yeah, what was everybody that? got depressed? And what was that like for you? For I mean, being a race director, <laughs> uh, it was scary. <laughs> I bet it was. It Were was you able to scary. put on anything, or what? What did you? I do? was able to put on. So I, I hadn't announced Looking Glass that year, and so I just decided not to host it. Um, there was some shuttles that we had to do for that race too. Mm. So it's just like, I don't want people in a van together. Right. Like that race isn't going to happen. Um, and for the other ones, it's like, let's figure out a way to make them happen. So we were one of the few people that were still putting on races, but we were doing it very, um, we were following all the guidelines that were out there. Uh, you know, we were starting people in waves of 10 people every like five minutes to make sure we had like max spread out. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, people had to wear a mask when they approached aid stations. Um, You know, we weren't expecting people to run in their masks the whole time, but like it was like at the start line, wear your mask. Once you get spread out, take your mask off. When you come into an aid station, wear a mask. Like so many logistics. um, Yeah. We went went to a food situation, which I honestly – I think is an improvement. Uh, this is where everything's prepackaged, so, so it's not just this like yeah. There. There's not these just like grab bowls of like <laughs> right. different things, which I honestly miss some of that. Sometimes I just want to like you know just you know, now you stick can put my them in individual cups. Of yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spread them out a little. Yeah, bit. so it's just you know, I hate to be if, if I feel like there's a little bit more waste, solid waste, doing that yeah. way, but it's definitely way more sanitary. <laughs> um, so, you know, that we started doing that and then like water water fill ups and stuff were like the runner had to hold on to their there was no like exchanging right. of hands of anything. So runners couldn't like hand off things to someone and then get it back. It was like you hold it out and they'll pour the water out of a container. So it really we did everything we possibly right. could safety wise to to make it happen, make it work and followed all the guidelines throughout the entire time. Did you have a lot of people show for for those? Or? Uh we it was definitely lower than than what we we had but normally, done. But right. with that and then the like the PPP funds that were passed, we were able to survive. Okay. And and, and get through. Um yeah, which was nice, you know. So it was a strange uh, time for race yeah, world. Was, well for all worlds, but Yeah, yeah. It, it I mean it was scary. It was it was definitely scary. Um and uh you know, I definitely went into like a two week dark depression. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what am I going to do? <laughs> and then uh, I came out of it with, you know, all right, let's do these ideas and implement them. Right. And honestly, people were so thankful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would get people come up to me, you know, I had no idea who they were because they had a mask on, but, you know, they were, <laughs> they would just be like, thank you for doing this. Like, well, I think they needed yeah, it. I mean, yeah. needed that outlet too yeah, for themselves. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it, it helped us survive, and uh, you know, twenty twenty two, we were back to normal, right? You know, basically normal numbers. And now um, you have a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah, so twenty twenty two kind of started that second wave of expansion, um, which was a little bit of just bringing Looking Glass back, but um, it's also doing the Mountain Missile Heartbreaker, and then. Uh, we hadn't planned to put on the Ridge to Rails, which is another new race that we'd put on. And uh, Camp Greer uh, was getting involved with this Old Fort Trails and Trains Festival. Um, 
thing. They're like, do you think you can put an event on that? And I was like, I do. I was like, it needs to be shorter because it's summer. I don't want to like put on an ultra during the summer. And I was like, and it needs to be cool. <laughs> like it needs, that's one thing like I always try to do with my races is I want to take people cool places. Right. I don't want to just run you know, this route that might be easy or whatever. Like if it's hard, it's hard. If it's easy, it's easy. That's not my goal in creating a route really. It's really like, what can you see? Right. Are there views off the course? Are there waterfalls? Are there something different? Yeah, is, right. is, yeah, is there something attractive about it? Um, is there a trail that's like infamous, you know, that doesn't get used or and so that's when I was like, ooh, let's use Kitsuma because there's no races on Kitsuma. Right. And it's a popular and then, yeah. And route to run. I was like, so how do I get this into a manageable thing? And like how do I show off I was trying to show off the uh, the new trail, the gateway trails down in Old Fort as well. It's like so how do I show this off and make it, you know, a cool event that's not too hard, kind of beginner friendly and um so that's when we that's were like, a half, is that yeah. correct? I was okay. like, well, let's do there's the downhill at dawn, which is on the road. It's a downhill half. Why don't we do a downhill trail half? Well, net downhill. Right. Trail. I was say, you do climb in that <laughs> yeah, one. Yeah, I mean, there's still a lot of climbing. Right. But there's more descent than there is climbing. So, um, I mean, that's just the nature and of trails. And that was brand new this past year? Yeah, that was, that was brand new this past year. So, um, and, you know, with short notice, that, that race kind of like just popped up. They were like, hey, can you do this? We need, you know, I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, we only have like three months before this date. And it was like, well, just try it. So I was like, all right. So And how'd that one go? It went great. Yeah, yeah. it went great. We had a good turnout, uh, especially for first year and short notice. Um, you know, we had a 10K as well in that, so which is all in the gateway system. So uh, we had never had anything shorter than a half marathon. So it was good to get. A 10K. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of people reach out to me and say, oh, thank you for putting on something that I can do. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You, I mean, now you have so, something for almost everybody yeah, out there. Yeah. So, so uh, it's great. I, so I think that's it. Um, I mean, that's that's quite a bit. You yeah. Have, you have one almost every eight. month. Yeah. So I have eight now. Okay. And then Hellbender as well, you know. Right. So putting on nine events and then we are... I just submitted a permit uh, last week, actually, for another new event um, that we're hoping to have in February, okay. late February or mid-late February. Um, it'll be— Any secret details that you can make not secret? Um, so— I won't pressure you. <laughs> if you know about the Camp Greer acquisition of—, of my company, then you also might be aware that Camp Greer acquired Pisco Productions, which is a mountain bike event company. Mm-hmm. And let's just say we're revitalizing one of their events, but doing it for running instead of riding. Okay. And uh, so it'll be it'll be pretty cool. It'll be it's definitely. A departure from the normal style of event. Okay. So it's it's. Um, and when will be we be able to find out more details about this? As soon as the Forest Service says, I can say something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so that's if you're all listening, Forest Service, he did yeah. not give us any details. Yeah. Yeah. So no details other than this event has happened before. Will it be an ultra? 
Can it you give us? It depends. It depends. Okay. It depends. Okay. So many. There secrets. will be multiple distance ah, options. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So lots of lots of different distances. Okay. So, so I can we, tell you that we will be. I can tell you there's an eight hour time limit. I can tell you that. Um, ah, and, getting more details here. Uh, I can tell you that it is in Western North Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. And it's on U.S. Forest Service property. Um, so, yeah, I can tell you that. <laughs> so, so when do you think you might hear from them? Uh, they usually take about a month to okay. return uh, any any permit request. So hopefully within the month we'll get you know an answer. Uh I feel pretty confident since the event has happened before in a different format. Mm-hmm. I feel pretty confident that we'll um, be able to to make this event happen. Um, and uh, so, Stay yeah, we're, we're excited about it. Good. So it'll, it'll be it'll definitely be a different event. Um, kind of, let's say, kind of Barkley esque, but not. <laughs> Barkley. I'm now I'm super so, curious. Yeah, about this. so it's not, it's nowhere near going to be that hard. It's going to be way more like achievable for a lot more people, um, people you know getting into running, people who are just into hiking. Okay. Um, so, but it is, it has some of those elements. Awesome. Well, but, I'm I'm excited about hearing more about that. Yeah. So, just a curious question for me. You mm-hmm. talked about the guy that got lost and hypothermia, but is there any other scares that you've had or, you know, being a race director, you have this responsibility of, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not necessarily your responsibility, but you take on that responsibility of making sure everybody's safe and yeah. worrying about everybody that's out on your courses. Yeah. Are there, is there, are there any other stories? I mean, there's that no, gave you nightmares. <laughs> no, no stories that give me nightmares. That's there's good. a lot of stories that make me laugh. Um, cause just, People, I'm not knowing what, like, what in the world are you doing? What in the world were you thinking? Uh, we can, had a can guy. Can you share a few of those? Yeah, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll share the story. Um, we had a guy at Fauna Flora call me during the race. This is probably like two hours before cutoff. And uh, he calls me. And I'm like, hello? I don't, didn't recognize the number. He's like, hey, my name's whatever. I'm running. I'm running your race. Um, I'm at mile 35. Where's the finish line? You know. <laughs> and I was like, uh, well, where are you? He's like, I'm on. I'm on the Wimba Trail. I was like, all right. Well, that means you're on course. Like, I'm not sure why you've run so long. And uh, uh, he's like, well. I was like, can you tell me what number plate you're at? Because Wimbas have all these like little numbers where you can locate people. Oh, okay. He's like, I'm at this one. I just passed a sign that said, you know, East Wimba this way, or I just passed a sign that said parking lot this way or whatever. And I was like, well, go back to the parking lot. Because um, that's where their hate station was. Oh. But uh, he then called me back again later. He's like, I still don't know where I'm at. I'm still on the trail, and so I was like, "Dude, just stay wherever you're at. Find that number. Tell me I'm coming to We're get sending you." Sending somebody out. So I went out there and got him. I I let um I had volunteers managing timing and everything, and so I went out there and got him. And uh, 
I found him like literally like a quarter mile from the aid station and he was running loops. Just round and round and round. The course, no all the course markings were there. None of the course <laughs> markings had been moved. Like round there was day. literally there's literally a, there's literally a sign with an arrow saying <laughs> like aid station. And he just <laughs> and he was just <laughs> just moving around. So it's like there's something about you know when I go to mark a course, I try to mark it for the dumbest person, right? And um, not to say that person's dumb, but you know you get brain fog. Yeah, you try to yeah. yeah. You're you're exhausted at this point, especially if it's like your first or you know whatever you've never done this before. And you have to so, think like that when you mark the yeah. course. Yeah. Right? And so you are like constantly thinking I was like, "Well, what what what, what would I do?" do? <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, somehow he started running the route in reverse. Oh, like gosh. the loop in reverse. So he was on the right route, but he was running it the wrong way. So, so how when many he would, miles did he end up? So doing? when he was approaching every sign, the signs were, oh, you know, <laughs> still pointing him in the. Right. Well, yeah, there were nothing on the sign right. on the direction that he oh, was coming gosh. to it. So it's just gosh. like, so that's like probably my, like one of the funniest stories that I've had. Have, um, have you had any races that you've had to cancel, like in the middle of it, or oh, yes, I mean, yes. due to weather? Or? Yes. Uh, okay, you have. So, uh, 2016 Table Rock, um, we had a bunch of rain come through. It rained the whole day before, Friday before, but like light, not super steady or anything. I mean, it was steady, but not like a downpour. And there's a lot of creek crossings on the Table Rock route. Uh, there's 12 to be exact. And most of those are all waiting crossings. So, you know, there's like a little, like, well, can we get across these rivers if they get too high? And they're typically pretty shallow. Um, and, uh, but it rained all Friday and then it rained all Saturday. And it, the rain started getting steadier on Saturday. And the race was Saturday. And the race was on Saturday. And, uh, it started off kind of drizzly, so it was, wasn't really an issue. People were getting through the creek crossings fine. They were a little high. But in, when it started picking up, the creek crossings started rising. And uh, we had some people, uh, they didn't get s- completely swept down, but they got, you know, swept a little bit and then caught themselves and got over. And so as soon as I heard a report of that, I shut the race down. Right. I, I, like, basically stopped every runner at the aid station before that that creek crossing it was really just this one creek crossing that was the culprit all the other ones were still fine to get across um so i just had to stop the race there and so we you know had to pull a bunch of people luckily it was towards the end of the the day um so we only had to pull like 20 people off the course but we uh they had all this was still when we had the 50 miler they had all completed 33 miles at that point at the aid station. So I gave them all a 50K time, you know. I think this is the one that Mark and Laura Rollins did. Um, They talked, I don't know if you. They've run 
pretty much every one of the races right. I put on. I think, so. I think they on a podcast I had with them, they talked about one that had to shut down. I think yeah. it's the exact yeah, same think, one. Yeah. And they were so excited that they were at least able to get a distance, yeah. you know, yeah, that 50K. Exactly. So that's yeah. the same yeah. one. Yeah, that's the one. I mean, yeah. I'm sure weather is one of those things that is yeah, probably the most absolutely. scary as a race director. Yeah, we've had, we've had a lot of reschedules for South Mountains due to snow. Um, hmm. So we've had to reschedule that a couple times. Uh, we've had one year where uh, we had like this this light icing in the morning of that race, which like made all the elevated surfaces like super slick. So going up to the waterfall was like up all those stairs. There's like 600 wooden steps going up to that waterfall, <laughs> and I was like, with light ice. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right. So we like. Scrat like we made a decision the day of, you know, and to you just push. Rerouted. We pushed the start back like an hour, okay. and then we rerouted the race to just not include that. So the race was just a little bit shorter that year. Instead of thirteen, it was like ten and a half or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there's there's always something. You always got to be on your toes. You always got to know there's there's something that is there, but you got to find a like an appropriate solution. Like right. the inappropriate solution is to you know, uh, cancel with like hardly any notice. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, with with the heartbreaker, we have an alternate route in place if the parkway is closed. And so if the parkway doesn't allow us to cross the parkway because of snow, um, then we have a, a 50 mile route that's planned that we can put people on is super pretty. It's not super contrived, and it's right. still great. Same for Looking Glass. If Looking Glass happens, uh, or Looking Glass is happening, but if <laughs> if uh, have to if we have to change reason. the route yeah. because the parkway is closed up up there due to ice or snow, like we have a an alternate route that was going to be our alternate route if we couldn't cross the parkway anyway. Right. So like um, we've, it's really planning ahead, figuring out what you can do ahead of time. And creating those solutions uh, before it becomes before a problem, it right? And then making sure people know of those solutions too. So, like with weather, we always will send out, you know, uh, the week before. Hey, this is the forecast. This is what it looks like. You know, if we see that there might be a chance that we might have to cancel, we'll make a decision by this time, so you know when this decision is happening. Um, and so, and I'm uh, sure some of your races have required gear too. That yes, they have to have. yes, most of them. Most of them. Most do. of them do. Uh, the only ones that don't is where just rescue is just super easy to get mm-hmm. to. Uh, and you know, we get a lot of complaints about like all the required gear, but honestly, it's not. It's not for you when you're running right. and you're feeling great and life is fine. It's for you if, by chance, you break an ankle right. or pull a muscle and you can't move anymore. And, you know, if you're stuck out there in the mountains and you don't have uh, any warm clothes or emergency blanket or whatever, uh, or you get lost and you don't have your cell phone, which your cell phone can ping GPS signal when you call 911, they know exactly where you're at. Right. Like these are like, that's how we save that one guy. Like, those things being in place will save your life mm-hmm. if you happen to have an experience like that. Um, and that's why they're there. They're you there won't be to, complaining yeah. if you have that required gear. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, anymore. but that's why it's there. It's like, right. 
you know, if you are on the crest trail and you're out towards deep gap and you break your leg out there. Right. It's going to be hours <laughs> before someone can hours get to you. Yes. before someone gets to you. That's right. And if it's in the forties and you're sweaty <laughs> and you now you're just sitting there, you're going to get hypothermia and you're going to die of hypothermia instead of your broken leg right. or something, you know? So that's why it's there. That's why it's in place. It's it's completely 100% safety. Honestly, like PSA, you should be wearing that stuff anytime you go out into the mountains alone mm-hmm. because you never know like those situations. Right. So like obviously we don't do this for like font we don't have required gear for fauna floor because it's flat for one. It's not hard for rescue people right. to get in there and get you within a reasonable time, right. you know, within an hour. Um, so races where we can get to people very close, we, we don't do. Like, we don't have, even though South Mountains is mountainous terrain, uh, there's a lot of Jeep road that uh, can be driven through there. And a lot to- of the courses yeah. on that, too. So, like, mm-hmm. the longest stretch that you're on, like a single track trail, is between the two, two roads. It's like maybe like a mile and a half, you know, Mm because they connect to these troads. These roads are trails. Troads, not like that. Yeah, they are trails, but, you know, they're just wide, and you can actually get a vehicle on it. So, like, we don't have required gear for that one, even though it's in the winter, because, you know, it's an easy rescue if, if you were to become hurt. So that's really... That's really where we have it. That's why we have, even for the shorter races, like looking, no, not looking, like Grand Further and Seven Sisters, they're only 14 miles, but we have required gear. Because you're, because you're the rescue, crazy terrain. and Yeah, crazy terrain rescue is going to take a long time. Right. So. so, favorite or best part for you of being a race director? Like, what is your favorite reason, favorite part of, of race directing? I would say the ability to give back um, is probably probably my, my favorite part. Um, I'm able to give back in multiple ways. I'm able to to you know create cool routes that people enjoy. Um, I love creating routes. That's how it all started for me. Um, but you know, I want people to see those experiences. And then uh, able to give monetarily back. Um, I grew up pretty poor, um, and there was a lot of things that, you know, uh, programs and stuff that were, like, able to help me survive as a child mm-hmm. and help my mom survive as a child, and that means a lot to me. And uh, so that charity portion, it was like, when I ever get a chance to give back, that's what I want to be able to do. So this is my way of giving back. Um and so, you know, we, like I said, we donate from every race that we, we do. And, like, I wouldn't be able to do that. Like, if I was teaching, I wouldn't be able to give the amount of money that I'm right. able to give back to these trail organizations uh, to improve trails, you know, to protect land. You know, we give, you know, to support uh, EMS crews and, and or volunteer crews and stuff. Like, all those things are um, – super beneficial not just to our race but to the 
the general public as well. Like I, I definitely wanted it to be something where it's like we're not the only one getting the benefit right. from it. Like I want everyone to be able to get the benefit from what we're doing here. So, um, yeah, that and that's that's how it started. When I when I started when I started in 2014, I was actually giving. Uh, uh, a lot more percentage away than I, am. I was giving fifty percent of my profits away wow, at a, the time. Mm. Um, when it came down to like quit teaching and support my <laughs> family, job, I right? was like, "This is now my job." It was like, "Okay, I'm gonna have to sh- change my amount that I'm giving." Right, but sure. I mean, I'm, we're still giving ten percent back from every event. Um, you know, it's 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 wild. I calculated up. Uh, the other day, but in the past, since 2016, since Tanawa officially started, we've donated $75,000 to multiple different things. And so, you know, it's awesome. And we're averaging anywhere from like twelve dollars to $15,000 given back each year. And I would never be able to do that, right. like, especially being a teacher. teacher. So, <laughs> like, um, that's like half my salary as a teacher. <laughs> so, you know, it's just, it's, um, yeah, that's, that's really special. That's, that's a, a cornerstone of what Tanawa started. Our, our, our logo or our, our, not logo, but our, our slogan is run, inspire, conserve. And so, you know, that's what we want to do. We want to, we want to provide experiences for people where they can, run these amazing trails in Western North Carolina. And we want to inspire them to, uh, to, to do the, these routes, these, because most of them are very difficult. We want to inspire them to do, do that, but we also want to inspire them by the beauty that they see, that they will also become conservation partners. Right. And, uh, and, and they will become partners in the, the trail advocacy and the land, man, uh, land conservation, um, which are things that are dear to our hearts. So, and that's uh that's kind of how it started, and that's where we're we're at right now. I I think that's an awesome reason to keep doing it. Yeah. And so you've got three kids. Yep. And you're doing all these races that mm-hmm. you're directing. Do you get to run <laughs> any any races yourself? Do you still get out on it, the trails a lot? Yeah. So it's funny. I've never been much of a, a racer myself. Are you? even back in the day. Um, and like part of that was, you know, monetary, just sure. Yeah. I grew up poor, was teacher, so still poor. (laughs) (laughs) So like the fun runs and stuff that, you know, we used to do the wiki, that was like, that was my jam. So, um, and a lot of the places, you know, I feel like I've, I've helped bring a lot of cool places online in Western North Carolina, but there's still like a lot of places where I enjoy to run that we'll never be able to have a race. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's just for conservation purposes for wilderness areas and stuff. So I really love running in wilderness area. I love, I live, you know, 25 minutes from the Limbo Gorge. So I run in the gorge a lot. Uh, I live 25 minutes from Wilson Creek. So I'm running in the, in the Lost Cove and Harper Creek wilderness areas a lot. Um, so, or when I'm able to get out and, you know, and I, I love the AT. I can't have a race on the AT. Right. So like, you know, I run in the Roan Highlands a lot too. Um, so I, I try to get out. Um, I don't get out as much as I used to <laughs> uh, back, you know, 
back in the day, back when uh, before kids, pre-children, <laughs> pre-children, I was, uh, I was, I would consider myself a front of the pack runner. Never in, never like able to win anything, but I could possibly you could do well. I could possibly do top ten. Mm-hmm. You know, if I was you know somewhere around top ten, I was pretty happy with my performance. And, um, but yeah, three kids. 30 pounds, um, <laughs> that, uh, that kind of nipped that in the butt. So I'm happy just to get out when I can, uh, right. you know, so I probably, I'm still able to get 20 miles a weekend or something like that. And I've got to maintain some type of fitness to mark the courses that I put right. on. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's my excuse when, you know, I like, Hannah, I've got to do this. I've got to go run. <laughs> okay. I've got to stay, I gotta stay in shape. I've got to stay in shape. This is a part. This is my job. Right. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. And yours are four, two, and two months, right? Yes, four, two, and two so months. So they're all at a very young age where it is all hard to get away. the house. Yeah. 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 It, it, does get, it does get a little easier. The first one is starting preschool. Uh, and I like, can't Praise. wait. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so, a little bit of a relief. Yeah. But it's it's great. I mean... You know, it's just, I could probably, honestly, if I was a little bit more self-disciplined in my own uh, running regimen, I'd probably be able to get in more than, I'm, than I am. But I'm just not a morning person. Mm-hmm. And so That's just okay. to get up before the, before the kids get up and try to get in some miles, it's just not, you know, it's not great. But <laughs> luckily, I have a very gracious wife, and she's uh, she allows me to at least get one longish run in it's like the rule is on you get one long run on the weekend and you got to be back by 12 you know so there you like, go. Stay I was like, all that. right so that, i mean that's pretty good and like <laughs> you know so i can you know get out to different places where i want to go um and then you know during the week i'm just running local local hills and and stuff so well the good yeah. thing is you're giving opportunities to a lot of people to get out and train yeah, and get out and run places that they may not ever get to see. Yeah. If they're yeah. just on a hike or on a walk, that's um, true. you're, you're letting them see our area yeah. and that's pretty awesome. Well, what I, what I think is really valuable about races um, in general is it gives that opportunity for people who are uncomfortable doing something on their own mm-hmm. to go, do something with people. Right. And feel safe. And, and yeah. feel safe. Um, you know, they know if they're struggling, there's a, a bailout point. Right. <laughs> you know? There's an aid station yeah, somewhere. There's an aid station somewhere. Um, you know, there's there's uh there's people that are running with me, running the same course. The course is marked and I know where I'm going. Right. I don't have to worry about route finding. So it kind of takes away, you know, a lot of those those pieces that like I really enjoy, honestly. I mean, but I don't want to like judge someone because that's what they need to go do that. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's if anything, like I said, it's inspiring those people to become conservation advocates because they're seeing these places that they wouldn't see otherwise. Right. You know, like why is it important to protect you know the mountains here? Well, run through them run and you'll find them. out. Right. You know, yeah. um, and and so you know, hopefully. That that is conveyed through the races. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's always gonna be people around you. 
Yeah. You might not be able to see them, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah you're going to be out there with people. And that, that, I mean, that is a great reason to do it. Yeah, if you yeah. are scared to run by yourself or, you know, worried, worried even about wildlife and mm-hmm. you've got so many people out on the course, so many aid stations, yeah. something's going on somewhere where you can feel a lot safer and yeah. see these places that way. And the, and the camaraderie, camaraderie, camaraderie. <laughs> yeah. but you know, that it's a huge piece it too. Is. Like mm-hmm. you get to hang out with like-minded people, right. you're, you're sharing the same experiences, you know, that's, that's really, uh, that's human existence in a nutshell is that's shared right. experiences. Um, I mean, that's, we're, we're a communal group of people. So like being able to find people in your bubble that share the, the same struggles that you went through on this race course, you know, right. it's, it's just an uplifting experience, uh, fulfilling experience for people. And then, uh, you know, the, the other good things about races, which I always use them when I signed up for them, their goals, mm-hmm. they're, they're a way to like, you know, um, get motivated, get motivated right. to do, yeah, to do, you know, this thing that you want to do. And that get motivates better. me. I mean, yeah. if I sign up for something, then it gives me something to look forward to and mm-hmm. something to train for versus just, Oh, when can I go out and run? Yeah. Well, I probably should sign up for some more races <laughs> yeah. and get myself more <laughs> there fit. You go. So I have a little bit more motivation. <laughs> I think the last time I signed up for a race, the just kind of backfired on me and I just didn't. Uh, uh, I think the last official race I ran was uh, shut in and I was like, Oh, I'm going to train for shut in. And, I didn't train for shut in, and then I like ran it, and then I got like, you know, just absolutely. I was, I wasn't. It wasn't really the soreness because it was just like performance was just awful. I was like, Uh I was like, I've definitely lost a step. (laughs) Like I'm not the person I once was. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not the person I once was. But well, that's one you really do need to train for if you're going to go out and do it and do it well. That's a tough one. So. No, it's all, it's coming up all, soon. all climbing. All climbing. <laughs> it is. It is <laughs> mainly straight up. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, I'm, I just appreciate you being on here and talking about these races and, um, you know, your your reasoning behind it. And you know, you've got Looking Glass coming up really, really soon. And mm-hmm. like you said, there's 40 spots. So if oh, you're yeah. looking for something to do, we've got Table Rock and Final Floor coming up as well. So when are those? So Table Rock is September 23rd. Okay, so that was the first one coming yeah. up. Is are there any spaces left? There in are that still one? some spaces left. There's about, I think, at last look, there's probably somewhere about 30 spaces in each distance. Okay. So 30 in the in the 50k and 30 in the 30k, and that race is super fun. Like mm-hmm. if you're looking for like a moderately challenging 50k that has a good mix of gravel and trail, um, a good mix of easy and hard. Um, uh, that's super fun. And then it, it starts and finishes at uh, Steel Creek Campground, which is a beautiful campground, and everybody hangs out. There's a creek, big creek right at the finish. People are, like, just soaking in after. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, a great, great vibe. Recover, right? It's a great vibe. Um, it's definitely Continued to be one of our most popular races, best-selling races for since we started. So um, it's really great. Um, and then Fauna Flora is uh, October twenty-eighth and 29th. So it's a two-day. Fifty K is on the twenty-eighth, 
and the half marathons on the 29th on the Sunday. And you have some spots for that one too. Do do okay. have spots for that one, more spots than the other one, but they are feeling fast. Okay. Um, the 50K is selling way faster than it did last year. Um, I would venture to say that 50K is going to be filled up within the next month. And then the half marathon, same thing. It's looking at where it was from a year ago. It's it's moving really quick. Um and then we have Looking Glass, course, Looking Looking Glass, Glass is, on November I, 18th. I, I'm calling that a new race, even though... It is a new race. It, it's an it's old race. It's based on an old race, but... it's but, a new race, but yeah. It's a, it's a totally new course. There are shared portions of, you know, the other course. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, it, yeah, it's but it basically a, a to- totally new course. Um, and, well, I'm uh, hoping to get out there and volunteer for, for at least that one. So Yeah, we, um, we would love. We need all the volunteers okay. we can get. Yeah, <laughs> I'll be there. We need, especially for Looking Glass. And, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that yeah. one. Um, obviously not doing it, but I, I just yeah. I want to be out there, and I've got several friends that are running it. So it's oh, awesome. Just going to be out there to, yeah. to help it's, out. So And I'll put all your information um, in yeah. the show notes so that Perfect. people will know where to go um, to find the races. And on your website, it's very easy to follow, and you can just click mm-hmm. on the race to get to the registry. So, um, to be able to sign up for those races. So if you are looking for something for the fall, then you've got three options. I know September is coming. It well, it's coming up. Coming (laughs) soon, but (laughs) wait tomorrow. Wait tomorrow. My gosh, tomorrow tomorrow is September September 1st. That is insane. So, So. um, but thank you again for being on here. Is there any other advice or things that you want to say, um, before we close? I don't think so. Um, I mean, all I can say is, like, if you're looking for a great trail runs in the southeast, like, I really don't think you can go wrong with our events. I know that's kind of tooting my own horn a little bit, <laughs> but... Um, you're allowed. I mean, I just, I feel like, you know, we create some of the best courses. Uh, that sounds super prideful. <laughs> Uh, but, but, it, like, but it's based on your its experience and the trails that you fell in love with and the fact that you you have worked hard on these courses to create an experience. And so I don't think it's necessarily tooting your own horn. It's it's literally you want people to experience these places yeah. and that's why you've put these races together. That's true. Yeah. So there I'll I'll, I'll handle that <laughs> one for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, of course, you want people to sign yeah. up for your races. Yeah, I definitely but... want you to sign up. <laughs> <laughs> so, I just took your own. Uh, I just took your words and reset them. So, <laughs> <laughs> I guess I guess we'll end there then. But yeah. um, I appreciate it again for you being on here. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. It was, it was great. Awesome. Great being here. Thank you for listening to Facing Vert. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please like, follow, and share with your friends. You can also find us on Instagram at FacingVert. If you'd like to reach out to me, message me there. I hope to see you at the top of the mountain.